0: Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episode 1, The Walking Dead, World Beyond, and our recommendations on Maid, Promising Young Woman, The Mad Women's Ball, and The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. I'm really excited to have Debbie Torrey back discussing Fear the Walking Dead. She'll be here for this whole half of the season. I'm really excited. Hi, Debbie. Hi. I'm excited, too. I know. I can't wait to catch up with you on Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. But wow, in this episode, we really see a different strand. (laughs) And it made me wonder... How some of these characters and other characters in movies and TV shows that are heroes and villains and how we see them. As we were discussing, sometimes we see someone that like Breaking Bad. And we see Walter White, who we root for at times, but he is a villain, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... I thought that was a perfect question of the day, hero or villain? Question mark. What do you think?
1: Oh, boy. Villain, for sure. Really? Yeah. You know, I used to love him. Well, actually, I still love him, but um, I was just flabbergasted at his behavior. (laughs) But boy, uh, you know, crazy times. So yeah, but he sure loves being the top dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are we talking about Strand? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. I'm like, are we talking about Strand? Are we talking about Walter White? Oh, oh, Strand. I, I didn't know if I confused the issue. That's why I was asking. Wow. Okay. I was, I was, you know, I'm not even sure because my first gut reaction is to say hero because I think of Rick, right? And I think, oh, Rick's a hero. But we've often talked about in The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, how lines can be blurred.
1: Definitely. We
0: see Negan as a villain, but then we see and we kind of like him in mm-hmm. The Walking Dead. So here we have Fear of the Walking Dead. And here we go with Strand. And oh, I don't know, but there is certain lines you He's shouldn't cross, He's right? <laughs> and so, oh, my gosh. So hero or villain for me, I see Strand as a villain right now. But I prefer to see a hero. We want to know what you out there think. Let us know, hero or villain. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens or on Instagram and subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. Okay, so episode one of Fear the Walking Dead entitled Beacon. We see this whole new landscape of Fear the Walking Dead after the nuclear explosion at the end of season six. We meet a new character, Will, and learn that Alicia has made it past the explosion and has been leading a group. We see a reinvented Strand who does the unthinkable, and he's in this thriving community building, and we see some really burnt-up, damaged walkers. What were your overall thoughts, Debbie? Debbie?
1: Well, I thought it was a great depiction of an apocalypse environment, crazy landscape and such. And then also, because of the apocalypse, it brings out the best and the worst in people.
0: For sure. Yes. Always. We see the best and worst of people in this show all the time. (laughs) You know, in the beginning of this episode, I kept wondering who was in that suit and trying to figure out who it was, you know, looking at their eyes until I realized it was someone new, which reminded me of season six premiere where we met Isaac, who helped Morgan. And I really liked him. And I really admire how the writers and the actors are able to introduce these characters and make them so engaging and likable. I really liked Will and was excited that Alicia might have this love interest, although I know there's still Wes. Which is funny because Alicia seems to have these love interests with men who have one syllable names and they both start with W. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? Yeah, that's funny. Wes and Will. Anyways, back to Will. I was so in it with him while he was looking for the food and I felt his desperation and hopelessness and I felt for him, you know, he was ready to give up. But then he saved and picked up by some people as he wonders who they are. And we wonder who they are. And then after decontaminating him, they bring him to Strand and feed him a huge pile of spaghetti.
1: (laughs) Yes. And like you, I too was wondering who that masked person was. And I felt his desperation as well. Boy, and then Strand. Oh, my gosh. He's such a jerk. (laughs) And the extravagance of his of you know Victor's world and and the regime to me it was just disgusting. And then how the guy who lived there first, by the way, just gave up. He seemed to just give up and give in and and uh, let Strand take over. So he must be a little weak or something. Um, and then I I also was thinking where did where did all these other people come from and how come they're not burnt or damaged, you know. Um, so they must have been close by and in a safe spot, not to be affected by that blast. But and then uh, I I, I kind of like how he wears his military outfits. You know, he's he, he's so um, flamboyant, he <laughs> and is. he's such a narcissist. Oh my gosh! Um, and also, if if we didn't have history with Strand, I would say, oh boy, here we go, another cuckoo
0: villain for sure.
1: <laughs> and then I I thought it was interesting that he he said a few times. I have everything I need, you know, in his, his way. And then I, I loved it when he had that umbrella and he's walking around with the umbrella. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Strand, only you. <laughs> um, and, and then I thought it was odd that he took went away from his compound to search for Alicia. But, mm-hmm. but, of course, that's part of the story. So, And then at times he dropped the accent and the flamboyant speech. That he had, and then it returned it back in the end of the movie. So anyway, you know, just uh, his character is—he's very good at his character.
0: Yeah. I've wondered, too, about him leaving the compound. But I thought, well, he's been out in the world. He knows how to get along and how to survive. Yeah, So—but yeah. um, I did wonder about that, too. And I also wondered about that—the um the historian that he had met— at the end of season six about him just giving up yeah. everything, all yeah. those works of art and just the whole place that used to belong to him. Yeah, But he believes in Strand, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, and I kept wondering about Strand. Like, he's become warped. Did he fall off a horse or did a bullet grace his brain? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, boy. That's he's a- Yeah, he's so steadfast Mm -hmm. in his belief that his gut instinct of being selfish is what allowed him to live. Yeah, totally. He's gone to the dark side. And I think (laughs) Ginny ignited these thoughts and feelings and brought them to the surface. And it makes me think of Ghostbusters (laughs) and how the ghosts feed off that negativity. And it's all, you know, bubbling up. And I don't know. But I do want to say that Coleman Domingo is so good as Duran. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's so good. Definitely. Throughout the episode, I didn't like his way at all, but kept thinking that somehow maybe Alicia can bring him back. He was so good when he was with Nick, Madison, and Alicia. So yes. the whole Clark family had an impact on yep, him. Yep, And I think he sees it as a weakness now. But really, I think it was his strength. That is why he survived thus far. Mm -hmm. And I was really shocked by Strand's action, that he didn't care about this guy and how much he wants Alicia to just stay away from him. There's something deeper here. Yeah, yeah. And that it was by his hands that he threw Will over the edge to his death. It was shocking. Yeah. 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 And I know we're going to continue to see Strand as the bad guy because I'm sure he's going to have his run in with Morgan. (laughs) And Alicia. Yeah. Oh, she'll whip him back into shape. (laughs) Yeah. But, I, you know, I don't think he's going to try and kill Alicia, right? I mean, he he still cares for her. That's why he wants her to stay away. He doesn't want the impact of her. Where with Morgan, I think he already tried to kill him once. And I thought, I thought in season 6 when he tried to kill him i thought that he thought morgan would get out of it he was just leaving him to fend for himself well that didn't
1: that scene didn't make sense to me either not to go back on that episode but yeah I, that scene did not make sense to me why would strand do that
0: but now but now i'm wondering did he he maybe he does want morgan dead but why Maybe because he doesn't want him to get in his way. He wants to mm-hmm. keep doing things the way he does. Yep. he said, you know, he tells that other guy that Morgan failed. He couldn't do what I'm doing. It was not a reason to kill him. I know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of strange. But, I mean, here he killed Will just because he doesn't want Alicia to... He wants Alicia yeah. to have no reason to forgive him. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. What other thoughts or tidbits did you have, Debbie, in this
1: episode? Well, that possum in the beginning was so gross. And then he eats it. Oh, oh, oh. ugh, <laughs> oh,
0: he had to eat, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then some other things. I, I didn't see consistency on wearing the masks. So I, I need to do a little research on, you know, fallout after a nuclear bomb or something toxic, because it just seemed like they would wear them and not wear them. And I'm like, either you can breathe or you can't, you can breathe inside and you can't breathe outside. So you wear the mask or not. But I I just thought there didn't seem consistency with wearing the masks. And then uh, the medallion, I I was trying to understand the importance of it. Strand um, really needs to keep that medallion for himself, but obviously it means a lot to him. And we're we probably we'll find out. But yeah.
0: well I think at least one thing is that we know it's his connection to Alicia. Yes. Yes, yes.
1: And then I loved um uh, I actually liked when Strand um did the he had the two-handed fighting with the walker and and I thought actually he and Will were gonna be in a good place. But boy <laughs> were we surprised after that. Yeah. <laughs> and then The other thing, back to the mask thing, is how can a horse breathe? How can the horse survive and breathe? But we obviously can't put a mask on a horse. But so sorry to keep bringing the mask thing up. But anyway, um, I I just thought it was interesting that the
0: horse was able to breathe. I thought the same thing, Debbie. So you're (laughs) not far off. I thought the same exact thing. I thought the horse is trotting along. It breathes in just like the rest of us. You know, it's going to die just like everybody else. Um, so from what I gather, they can breathe a little, somewhat out, but you just can't breathe too long out there. Oh, Hmm. So. Okay. (laughs) That's my interpretation (laughs) of that. And then, uh,
1: the Padre, did I miss something or was there a reference in a past? So, so that's another little mystery to me. Padre. Right. And I think Padre means father or like a a priest, right? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. One of the two. Yeah. Okay. And then the other thing, uh, was inside that building that they wandered into, it was very clean and very well lit. So that I thought, well, that's kind of a contrast to everything else that we've witnessed, except of course his, his uh, building that he stays in. And then who is that creative and could make a perfect sketch of Alicia and then the moon or the sun or whatever that oh, is. Oh, I know. I'm like, whoa, somebody's got to be pretty darn talented. And where do they get the material? And how did they have the time to make this sketch? And what does it mean? <laughs> so maybe I like read way too much into this. No,
0: stuff, but... I think those are all yeah. important also. But I think that facility is where Teddy and the whole crew were. So they had a lot yeah. of um, Oh yeah, time. Well, also material. Well, I don't know about time because this is, after the blast, but I'm thinking they have the supplies. I would think they have the supplies, Uh, whether they have the time. I don't know.
1: Okay. So the visual, Alicia's locked somewhere in this facility and then those other people were in a different part of it?
0: I maybe. Okay. I don't know either. We don't know yet. I'm like, ah, I want to (laughs) know. I'm wondering too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then the, you know, and finally Strand, I guess, comes to the conclusion that you know, he needs Alicia. And then they light the beacon. And then, boy, all of a sudden, with a, a quick switch, he's back to evil dude. And he tosses poor Will. Holy cow.
0: Strand can lead alone.
1: Yikes.
0: <laughs> well, not alone. He has all those well, other Well, of people. course. But yeah. in his mind. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he can be alone as the leader. Yeah. Yeah. Alone leader, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. But I I was really glad to see that Alicia appears to be alive and well. Yes, yes. Because at the end of season six, I kept thinking, how is she going to get out of this cell? I was really worried about Me that. Too. But they are in a place that was away from the blast or at least covered. So the people that survived, I guess, or like you said, living in another area in of the where she was at yeah. could get her out. And the walkers, (gasps) oh, the special effects, the costumes—that was amazing. I mean, think about that. People had to. We just watch it casually from the couches, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, comfort of our couches, watching this. But think about all the work that goes into making these walkers and making this landscape and making everything look dusty and you can't see in front of you and wow, Yeah. wow, a lot of work goes into this. So I thought those looked amazing. I noticed that the artwork, there was tons more artwork Mm. where Strand was at. I could see all the beautiful paintings. I thought, wow, it looks like a museum (laughs) in here. I wonder if they go out uh, collecting it and bringing it because it looked like it was more than what we saw previously. And that thriving environment, where did they get the things to make that environment? That's, well, it's
1: a pretty big building.
0: Yeah, so. it's a building. Yeah, but you still need water. <laughs> I know,
1: flushing toilets, fertilizer. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, all of that. So where are you getting all I of know. that to make this run? So it, it it makes me wonder. And also, in the beginning of this episode, there was all action and no talking, and. They did the same thing recently on The Walking Dead. And I find it so captivating. It really reels you in. Yeah. Because you're just watching with that person as they're surviving. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like I said earlier, it was a great
0: cold open. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really good. I loved it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Debbie, we are at, and the award goes to. (laughs) And I would like to know what was your favorite quote? character or moment.
1: Nothing stood out as a quote. I'm sure there are some funny comments, probably by Strand, but I I have to mention that I thought it was pretty fun that they actually had a booty shot of Will (laughs) when they hosed him down. And I'm like, oh, they actually showed a little booty. So that was my favorite part.
0: I love that that was your (laughs) favorite part. I love it, Debbie. That's so you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's perfect because... I wouldn't have thought that, but I did. I was like, oh, man, this is uh, this is different for uh, Fear the Walking Dead yes. or Walking Dead. You know, it's funny. Somebody, uh, I was listening to a short YouTube video, and they were talking about how, and I know, I'm really sorry. I'm getting off on The Walking Dead for a second here. And I, but Debbie, I know you and I had talked about the relationship between Negan and Maggie and wondering if there was a relationship and more and more, I keep hearing it out there. Anyways, this guy was saying they should just hook up. I mean, come on. They're like, but The Walking Dead never does anything like that. And they should do it because that would really be a storyline. And, uh, there haven't really been any scenes. The only scene that this guy remembered was when Shane and Lori had their sex scene at the very first, uh, season and really, they haven't shown too much after that. Well, Rick and M- Michelle? Yeah. Well, they didn't really show. They just yes, show them kind of making out. True. True. I. Mean, they did show Glenn and Maggie at one point. Oh, yes. yes. And they did show Abraham and Rosita. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. At once. But mm-hmm. that's...
1: With Eugene watching.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> with Eugene watching. But other than that, it hasn't oh, happened. Oh, and the governor. Oh, yeah, yeah, the governor. I know.
1: What's her name? Okay.
0: That's all on The Walking I Dead. So, oh, that's right. So oh, Fear hasn't, I mean, they've had some romantic things, but yes, yeah, yeah, so so, booty shot was yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was a really good, uh, your award goes to a really good yeah. moment, Debbie. <laughs> but I also want to say, I want to give my award to Will, because I really liked his character. I did too. And I'm really bummed it was short-lived, and I appreciate that he was trying to figure out a way to make amends with Alicia, but also wonder what the heck was he up to that he got himself into that mess, and Alicia, where is she? I like that he was able to give us some of her story, Mm -hmm. and maybe we will see more of Will if we get to see Alicia's backstory and how she escaped the cell. She oh yeah. was in.
1: Good point. Yes. Let's hope so.
0: Yeah. So that would be great to see him again because I really enjoyed him. I thought he was a really good character. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Debbie, for your insights on Fear the Walking Dead. But I also want to know your thoughts on The Walking Dead World Beyond Season 2, Episode 3. I know I was really happy to see Elton and Percy, and I love the encounter they had with the Meridian people. It was cool to see this young woman and her martial arts skills, and also to hear her perspective on the vessels, aka empties, aka walkers. (laughs) I really thought Elton was bit by that empty, and I forgot that his suit was bite repellent. I I really did. I was like, oh my God, it's biting him. Um, And I was also glad to see that Hope kicking it into action and getting Huck to help her go find Iris Mm -hmm. and Felix. What did you think of this episode, Debbie? Well, I think uh, these young people
1: are really growing into their roles. I I just seemed like it was, they seemed a little more mature and at ease in their roles. Um, I thought it was pretty entertaining. The one thing that kept distracting me was Hope's cheeks. (laughs) It seems like she's either had her wisdom teeth pulled in her cheeks or puffy, or she's gained some weight in her face. I, she just looked really swollen to me. Uh-huh. Her little face was all uh-huh. roundy, and she didn't didn't look like herself. Otherwise, uh, I really liked uh, every character, and um, it finally nice to see the dad and the, that compound and some of the inner workings happening behind the scenes there. Yeah. So it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I forgot. I didn't understand that couple putting flowers in the eye sockets. I thought that was odd. It just didn't make sense to me.
0: I think she said that basically they were not, you know, they were not very pretty looking and it was just to give them oh. that beauty. Oh, it was just to hmm. put beauty into. Okay. I guess I missed they that. Were. Thank you for telling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I captured her exact sentiment, but it was something to that effect. <laughs> So, thank you, Debbie. You're welcome. Tell me what else are you currently watching?
1: So, I'm watching a National Geographic series called Gathering Storm. It's on Disney plus. Um, and it's a very interesting series where the, there are several hundred cameras embedded on ships, boats, platforms out in the sea, and planes. And these these guys and gals in these machines go directly into the storm. Wow. And it's very interesting. Very, very interesting. And I'm just like thinking these people are crazy. (laughs) But I highly recommend it. You know, if you're home and cozy and don't want to watch anything too heavy, it's very interesting. Mm. Yeah. Lots of activity. Another thing I wanted to bring up because of my grandchildren is the show The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. So we all grew up with it, right? And we all watched it. And then I thought, after watching it with my grandkids, my Older one who's six said, Grandma, I don't like this show. Charlie Brown doesn't make me feel very happy. Oh, he's wow. so sad and he gets a rock. And I started thinking about it. So I watched it again and I was really listening to the dialogue. And it's actually, there's some very several incredible quotes. And I, I was going to name some, but then I researched them and I found out that they're actually bi- biblical. In meaning. Oh, I I think I agree with my grandson. It, it is not a very happy show. And Charlie Brown is kind of sad. <laughs> but um, listening to the dialogue... And then Lucy, she's just a little biatch. That girl <laughs> drives me crazy. <laughs> but anyway, so I just recommend people watch it again, but listen to the dialogue more than really what's going on because it's pretty, uh, pretty interesting mm. what they have to say.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I also happened to catch a movie called The Mad Women's Ball. It's a, a French production. So they speak French, which I love that language anyway, with English subtitles. So unfortunately, you have to sit there and really watch it. But it's pretty crazy. And it starts in the 1800s in France. And an, an upper socialite daughter can hear and see the dead. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So I don't, I don't want to give away too much because uh, I, I want people to watch it. But she's... Her father finds out. And in those days, you know, you were thought of as a witch or somebody crazy. Uh So she's committed to a hospital and she's befriended by the head nurse. And that's all I'm going to say. But it's actually worth it. Okay. Worth watching. It's on Prime. Amazon Prime.
0: Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. How about you? What about, uh, what are you watching? I just finished Made, which is on Netflix. This is about a young woman who works as a maid facing obstacle after obstacle after obstacle as she tries to build a life for her and her young daughter after fleeing an abusive relationship. And this really struck a chord with so many women I know. They loved it. They cried. I think ultimately it's about resiliency and having the strength to do the right thing, even though it can be really hard. It was... I, can't, I really wanted to keep watching it. I would watch several episodes and then I'd have to go to bed. I'm like, oh, I want to go see what happens. <laughs> I was really curious to see how this young woman um, navigated it. Because what I really liked was that she would make such a minimal amount. Let's say she'd make $10 an hour and she would have to buy her own supplies. And so you would see off to the sign of a go, Ding! and it would say, uh, let's say she worked four hours it'd be forty dollars and then it was then you'd see her go to the store and it'd be like minus, you know, twelve fifty. And oh. then she'd put gas five dollars and it'd be a minus five. And then she would go to buy something else and then it would go but like like she ran out of money and she'd put it back. So it was really kind of cool. It would kind of keep this tally of in her mind what she could afford and what she couldn't oh afford. Oh my gosh. It was really heart wrenching you know it was this, one of those things where you can't get a job unless you have an address, but she doesn't have anywhere to live until she gets, can give a paycheck to show she has a job. And it's like, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, boy. You know, you're, you you can't get ahead because no one wants to give you housing and no one wants to offer you a job. And um, it's just showing a lot of struggles. And so I think it just brought it to light. But it's interesting Watching her clean, I was sort of inspired. I'm like, I never clean that good. So I got my scrub brush this weekend, and I was like scrubbing things. I'm all, I feel like the maid, and I was scrubbing away. Is it a feel-good movie? No, okay, not really. It's just, it's about her struggle. Okay. Well, in a way, I mean, she it shows her resiliency to keep going. So yes, in that regard, yes, it's... You know, but it does show her struggles and what she has to go through.
1: So if you're feeling all sad or melancholy, don't watch it.
0: It's not the saddest <laughs> thing, but it's not uplifting. You know, it okay. has it has some of both. Let me just okay. put it that way. But I feel like the characters are really relatable. Her mother is played by Annie McDowell.
1: Oh, I love her.
0: And what's funny, I didn't realize this, but the main character is Margaret Qualley. That's her daughter. So this was oh. mother and daughter, and I had no idea until I was at the end. And her mother is bipolar, and so her mother can't really help her out oh, all the time. Boy. And so they show that struggle. Wow! And she has issues with her father, and of course her boyfriend. I think it's her husband, uh, the father of her child. You know, she has this a relationship that's abusive, and but they show him also trying to get help so i i like that it feels realistic wow like the the boyfriend the husband which i really like that actor by the way he has his ups and downs and you kind of feel for him at times like you want him to succeed and you're like oh but he's trying he's trying but you know that she can't go back because they're just not meant to be together (sighs) but Uh, I'm not going to give away too much more. You should just watch it. Ooh, I'm going to. It's pretty good. It's on Netflix. I also watched, finally, Promising Young Woman on HBO Max. Carey Mulligan is so good in this movie. Uh, It has multiple Oscar nominations and one for Best Original Screenplay. She plays a young woman traumatized by past events seeking vengeance. It's very original and shocking fun, and thought-provoking. I kept thinking about this movie days after watching it. It was really good. The way she seeks her vengeance is really (laughs) interesting. And you think, oh my god, is she really going to do that? And she goes there on certain things. So uh, that's why I said it's very different. It's not like just what you would expect. It's not predictable. It's not predictable because you would think, oh, she's probably not going to do that. Oh my God, she's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait. Very good. I mean, like I said, she was nominated for best actress in this, uh, for this movie. And she was supposed to be the favorite to win. uh, But she did lose to Frances McDormand, which in then, which I loved that movie. And so, but, You know, there's multiple great actresses in so many good movies. So I would totally recommend this. It's on HBO Max. Okay, Debbie. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your insight on Fear the Walking Dead, The Walking Dead World Beyond, and your recommendations. I'll be sure to check them out. All right. Thank you for joining me. Had fun. So that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something we said today resonated with you and gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. Next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead, Season 7, Episodes 3 and 4. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye.